Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Tonight's a little different. You can tell that by the balloons, okay? But I, I want for the melancholic out there who's thinking, hey, who, who gave him the authority to spend all that money on balloons? All right. Let me, first, we have a, let me tell you what goes on in Sunday school, and I, and I encourage you to do this. I know Sunday schools take up an offer, and IRS does too. And uh, we have a group of guys and gals on there, and I, I call them up or text them. I say, hey, you mind if I, mind if I spend a little money on a, on a prop tonight? And they were like, yeah, sure, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So I uh, went to Dollar Tree. Actually, Kelly Yates called Dollar Tree, and she said, I need 200 balloons. And they were like, well, we can't, we're going to have to do it like shifts. We don't, you know, we're going to do like 50 at a time. So she said, well, how can I have 200 balloons and, and uh, I mean, 200 children, 200 balloons. That's what they have at the Yates family. And, and, uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, but anyway, she said, uh, yeah, I need 200 balloons. I said, well, I said, are you going to be able to do it? And sure enough, they said, if you can be here by three, uh, we can have you uh, 200 balloons or different colors and stuff. We said, we don't care. It doesn't matter. And uh, the story I'm going to tell you first has nothing to do actually with this. But that's going to be the last point of the sermon tonight. And I just want to go ahead and encourage you, okay, encourage you to be a part of this. I don't know that there are a couple hundred folks in here. There might be, I think there's probably a couple hundred in here. But I'm going to challenge you. There's some people that won't do it, some that will. But at the last, at the last moment, you will, you will actually receive a balloon. And on that balloon is a, is a sheet of paper, a little post-it that we have taped to that balloon. And you'll have an opportunity to do something with that. Now, there's going to be those of you who are too serious. You're too cool for school. That's fine. Okay, just tell them no thank you. Just tell them no thank you. I'm, I think that's a little too, uh, too much uh, silliness for church. I'm not trying to be silly. You'll see why in just a minute. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord, sometimes I get to be me, Bobby. Sometimes I get to be me. And, and it just, some, you know, some silliness comes out, but this, this won't be silly, I promise. Let me tell you the story of Larry Walters. Larry Walters, back in, uh, back in the 70s, he was so excited about flying. He wanted to fly. But when he graduated high school, he got into the Air Force. And when he got into the Air Force, he realized his eyesight was so bad he wasn't going to be able to fly. That was his dream. His dream was to fly. And, man, he loved that. He tried everything he could. The eyesight was just too bad. He served his time in the Air Force. And then, of course, he was discharged. And once he was discharged from the Air Force, he went into truck driving. But he always held that dream of flying. You can actually watch the interview I'm about to tell you about, but this is what he did. He went to the Army surplus one day. His fiance at the time. His fiancée at the time said, I'll, I'll, I'll finance your flying. And I don't mean she was going to get him flying lessons. He went down to the Army surplus and he bought him 40 weather balloons. 40 weather balloons and had them inflated with helium. Now those things are huge. Now you can see this video. You can see the video of him actually doing what I'm about to tell you did. And this is what he did. You know, he, he, uh, he sat in a, y'all remember that, and I love this. I keep trying to talk Amy into buying a couple of, couple of outdoor chairs. You remember the, the little, uh, the, the webbing, the webbing in the outdoor chairs used to be, now it's all plastic stuff, but there used to be some webbing and it gets, you know, sometimes it gets dry rotted and you sit and your hiney would go through it and all that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, but, 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 but here's what he did. He got one of those chairs. And he hooked up, and he got it on top of his roof. And he had all these weather balloons tethered. Everything was tethered. He had 40 weather balloons on there. He had him a BB pistol. It's a true story. 1982 is when this happened. Just look it up. Anyway, so he's, he's there. He's got, his, he's got his BB pistol. He says, okay, when I launch off of here, 
Now, that, now and it's something to say about a, about a fiancé that's going to pay for you to go up in weather balloons. She ain't planning on you coming. That's some insurance stuff in this. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so, so here, 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 here he is. He's got weather balloons, and they're tethered off, and, and, and he's tied to that. Well, here's the thing. Because there were 40 of them, the wind got to blowing a little bit, and there was so much pressure pulling him up. The rope he was tethered with, it broke. Now, he was ready to go up. He had everything he needed, a couple snacks beside him. He had the BB pistol so he could pop some of them if it got too high. So the BB pistol's right beside him, food's right beside him. He gets up 1,000 feet, 2,000 feet, 3,000 feet, 4,000 feet, 5,000 feet, 6,000 feet, 7,000 feet, 8,000 feet. He keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. He gets to 15,000 feet and thinks it's about time to start popping some of these son of guns. But here's the thing. <laughs> He's floating around and he floats for a couple of hours. It's 1982. Some big jets come by, and you know, they, they, they got people on them. And they got, they're calling. They're calling in saying, there is some guy up here who uh, has weather balloons, and he's got a gun. I don't know it's a pistol or a BB pistol. He's got a gun. <laughs> there, there cannot be a worse scenario than somebody floating in the air with a gun with weather balloons. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's got all these, and he's, he's going along, and he says, man, if I don't stop, he was climbing about, about 1,000 feet every minute. I mean, that's how fast these things were going. And I don't know what happens at a certain point. Weather balloons at this time were very, very thin, so he didn't know exactly. He said, but I'm going to have to stop, start popping some of these. And sure enough, he would pop them from the edges. Instead of popping in the middle, he'd pop them from the edges and try to, and he'd start easing his way down. And sure enough, he ended up, you know, a, a couple hours away from his home. And he had gone up a couple hours away from home, but he gets arrested right away, you know. And, uh, and here's the thing. The aviation, you know, the group that, that gives out licensing and stuff like that, they said, look, we can't revoke his, his aviation license. He doesn't have one. And so they, they didn't even know what to find him with. So basically, they end up letting him go, and he becomes a celebrity all over the place. But here's what they said when they were arresting him. There was a reporter there waiting on him. There was a reporter there waiting on him. And this is what they said. They said, they said uh, why in the world did you do it? And he said, you know, sometimes you just can't just sit there. Sometimes you just can't sit there. This was a dream of his. He said, I don't care what it takes. I'm just going to go out. I'm just going to tie these things to this. Whatever time, I'm going to go up there. And he, the whole time he's being interviewed, he's like, I had it under control. I had it under control. Everybody's screaming for him to come back down by radio, everything. Come back down, come back down. He said, you can't just sit there and do nothing. Let me say something to the church. You can't just sit there and do nothing. Sometimes, sometimes it looks a little strange what you're doing. And no, I'm not, I'm not going to grab on these balloons and float to the top of the ceiling. That's not the point. The point is, folks, church, there's, there's something we ought to be doing while we're waiting. We're waiting on Jesus. There's something we ought to be doing. And the Bible's pretty clear about you know, hundreds of things that we could be doing while we're waiting on Jesus. But there's some things in particular that it says in the Word. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to try to be quick tonight, folks, but I just love the Word, and I love preaching, okay? All right. 1 Corinthians 13, starting with verse 8, it says, Charity never faileth. That's love. Love in action is charity, so I'll just say love. Love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now we see through a glass. Listen carefully. Now we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, 
and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. You may be seated. So what are we doing while we're waiting? Well, folks, we got a lot, a lot of things we're trying, to, we're trying to accomplish in this world. And, and the first thing he says, and I, I want to kind of give you a kind of want to give you a synopsis of what he's talking about here, Paul was talking about here. We're waiting, folks, we're waiting on a determined destination. That's the first thing we're waiting on. We're waiting on a determined destination. And, and here's the thing, when the word starts talking about, you know, when, we, when we're waiting on heaven, here's the thing, everything we see on this side of the world is not like it really is. You say, Ryan, what do you mean? Well, let me, let me give you a point. What Paul was saying, what Paul was saying was everything we see, we're seeing through lenses that are dark. You say, oh, listen, listen, you know what color, I, my favorite color is green, or my favorite color is this, or this, or this. Paul says, but hey, you know, we're waiting on a destination that's far better than that. We're looking through dark glass. We're looking, everything we see out here while we're waiting, we're looking through dark glasses, and it's not like it's going to be in heaven. You see, I know what red looks like on this planet, but there's going to be a day when I go to heaven that I'm putting on a whole new set of glasses. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to say, Paul, hey, this is something else, Paul. You, I know exactly what you were talking about. That There was red down there. And, I, my, and just like Steve, my, my jaw's going to drop. And I'm going to say, oh, my goodness gracious, is, is this really red? That doesn't look anything like the tomatoes back home. He says, is that, really, is that really yellow? Is that yellow? My goodness, I thought this was yellow. And he's going to say, no, 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 no. What you don't understand are the things that you thought were beautiful here, and they are beautiful. Oh, let me tell you something. The rivers you see here, and you go out and you watch those rivers, and they're flowing right through there. Let me tell you something. When we get to heaven, you're going to say, that's a river? Oh, my goodness, because everything you see on this side is nothing compared to that side. That's what Paul is saying. Paul's saying we're looking through this thing, we're looking through this thing in a different way. And, and folks, let me tell you something. Even on this side, your perspective means everything. Your attitude means an awful lot. A man comes up to it. There's an old gentleman on his porch. He's rocking in a rocking chair. He's been in that town all of his life. He grew up there. He's in his 80s. A man walks up to him and says, I'm thinking about moving to this area. So well, that'd be a good thing. Why don't you move on to this area? He said, Well, I don't want to move here, uh, uh, mister. I don't want to move here because I'm afraid there's going to be all kinds of people, rude as they can be, don't care about anybody, never visit, all of these different things. I, I just can't stand any more rude. And here's what the old man said. He said, oh, we got a bunch of people just like that. And so the man left and didn't move there. Another guy came up to him. It was just a few days later and walked up and said, I'm thinking of moving here. See, I hear there's a bunch of nice people here, and, and uh, you know what? I'd like to move into a town that has friendly folks, and they just they do anything for you, shirt off your back and all that. Old man looked at him and said, we got plenty of people just like that here. The man said, I guess I will come on. You see, whatever you're looking for, you'll find. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find. On this side, and this is this side, and we'll talk about heaven in a second. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find. You say, listen, I'm gonna look. I know this person does this, and this person does this, and I go to this and this. I'm going to tell you something. You'll find it. If you're looking for something bad in somebody, you look long enough and you'll find it. Just go to Facebook. They'll tell you. But then there's looking for gold. Andrew Carnegie said that's the way he would do people. He, he realized that they were covered in dirt. And what you have to do is reach inside of them. You have to begin to bust off some of that dirt to find the gold inside. But Paul says there's an even better vision. 
He says, we're, we're, while we're waiting on a determined destination and all these things are here, he says, listen, you got to realize it is so much better there. What is your attitude about heaven? Let me tell you something about heaven. Somebody says, well, listen, I just enjoy my life so much here. Well, what does Paul promise you here? Look, I, I love life here. I do. I love life. But I'm going to tell you, I long for home a lot more now than I used to. I see all the garbage going on in the world, and I'm just like, man, it looks a whole lot better there. But Paul says, there's no way for you to comprehend how much better it is right there. We're waiting on this. He said, you get there, and every single thing you have seen on this side of glory, everything you have seen on this side of glory is so much different. Let me tell you what I'm going to do when I get to heaven. Now, I don't know for sure. First thing, I'm going to be on my face before a holy God. That's the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to be on my face before a holy God. But then if he ever picks me up and he says, Ryan, let's, let's, let's celebrate together. And I begin to praise him. I'm going to find my granny who prayed for me all of her life. I'm going to find her. And guess what? Up there, she ain't got knee replacements and she ain't got all that stuff. She got brand new body. And we're going to go to dancing. And when, when Amy gets there with us, we're going to, hey, listen, I know we won't be married, but we'll be best friends still. I say, come on, girl, let's dance. Let's dance, girl. Let's get. She won't dance on this side, but in heaven she'll dance. I tell you, listen, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a good. And look, I'm gonna get up there, and they're gonna say, "Here, this is the. This is like." And I'm, I'm, let me just say this. Look, don't that the amens are sometimes very judgmental. So I want you to understand something, okay? I don't have a problem with how people worship. You worship the Lord, and if you're doing it in spirit and truth, then I'm fine with that. But let me tell you something about worship. When you get to heaven, there is no darkness. Um, this ain't. This ain't about. I bless the Lord for the people who just reach up and worship the Lord. I don't care if you do it in dark or light, but I'm just telling you, get ready. If you're trying to train, if you're trying to train for what it's like, you better get it as bright as you can. Because when you get there, there is no darkness in heaven. None. Zero. Zero. We can't dim the lights for romance. We got to, we got to, have, we got to have light because it says there is no darkness in heaven. Now, again... This is no, this is not a take on that. I worship like that. I could get, I see all the film. I see, I love that stuff. I'm telling you, but I'm telling you, if you want to practice for heaven, get ready for the light. Get ready for the light. And so here we're in the midst of this. We see this, but here's the next thing. We're dreading, we're dreading a wearying wait. I've got a condition. I told 830 this a couple of years ago. I've got a condition called WILD, W-I-L-D, waiting in line disorder, amen? <laughs> I get impatient. I do. I told, you about, I told you about Willow growling this morning. I know where she gets it from, from Pawpaw. And, uh, but, I, I get, but here's the thing. I, I don't like waiting in lines. We don't like waiting. The wait is tough. But he said, but the Bible tells us what we can do in the middle of our waiting. He tells us who we can, he tells us what we can do. He says you ought to be active when you're waiting. Waiting does not mean laziness. Understand this. God says waiting does not mean laziness. It means you are actively waiting on God. You are doing something in movement for God. When you're waiting on God, it doesn't mean that you're being still. It means you're waiting on an answer for him in a certain area. In the meantime, faith, hope, and love. You just keep on doing some faith, hope, and love. you got to keep going with that. you got to know this. And, and here's the thing, folks. We're dreading a weary and wait. We don't like to stand in lines. Look, I love the microwave, but there's a new thing that, and maybe it's been around for years, but we just got it in our house. I love an air fryer. Praise God for an air fryer. Next to that's the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. I just love an air fryer. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I will throw anything in it. Like it ain't even supposed to be in it. Put the egg in it, baby. Let's fry it up. 
I'll just, I mean, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. But, but here's the thing. Listen to me. Listen to me. I love it like that, but I'm going to tell you something about this world. What Jesus said is tribulation worketh patience. See, I don't go to the Lord and ask for patience. He's going to bring it to me anyway. I don't want it double dose. I don't want an Elisha version of patience. Amen? I don't want a double portion of it. I want patience, and he's working it in me. And the way he does it, this is God. Jesus says the Lord does that. He didn't say the enemy. The enemy can do something. Hey, he said, he said, the Lord, through tribulation, worketh patience within me. Through trials, through storms, through pain. We say no pain, no gain. That's what the Bible teaches us. And we say, no sweat. Hey, sweat pays the debt. Amen. I got it written right there. Sweat pays the debt. Suffering brings the offering. Listen to this. I, I just want to tell young people this. Work hurts. But hurt works. You know what? Work hurts, but hurt works. Hurt will work. You ain't really putting the time and the pain and the effort, and you get somewhere, folks, I'm telling you. I, I read this story. It was a guy from the 1940s, and he said this. He said he was, he, was, he was training to be a radio operator, and he got through the training. He was really good at it. He went in, and he sat down amongst a bunch of people, and they were having to wait, just like we're waiting on heaven, waiting on Jesus. But he was waiting on a job, and he was sitting there. There several people in there, and they were all yapping and talking and talking. Finally, the boy jumps up and runs in the office. He runs in the office. He comes out and he says, I got the job. And all of us are sitting going, what in the world just happened? He said, I got the job. I said, what do you mean you got the job? He said, well, if you guys had been listening while you're talking, they sent a coded message over the intercom. And what it said was, I need somebody who's alert, somebody who's paying attention, somebody who can do this job and not let distractions get to them. And if that's you, you come on in the office and you got the job. Took advantage of that. Went through. Look, look, God's not asking us when we're waiting. He's not asking us just to sit somewhere in a bubble and not do anything in the church, not do anything in your family, not do anything. Just sit and be late. Not asking you to do that at all. We're, we're doing that. Here's the thing. Okay, while we're waiting, trust like we're trusted. Say, Ryan, what do you mean? Trust like you know what it means to be trusted. You say, trust me. You say, trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come through. Or you're a man or woman of integrity who's going to do what they say they're going to do. Trust, but you've got to trust God like that. You've got to trust him like a child, being encouraged and all those things. Let me tell you something. I, I don't know, this, the Disney movie, and, and, uh, and, and I can't remember, uh, Song of the South, I think it was. It's probably banned now, canceled and all that stuff. But anyway, there's, a, there's this uh, song in there, man, Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. It's a fact. It's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Guys, I like, Amy and I went to Tennessee. We went to Tennessee and we went to this bird, uh, what's the name of the place? You remember? It, what's that? Parrot Mountain. <laughs> Theo went with us. <laughs> but we went to Parrot Mountain. That's exactly where we went. But we got up there. You've been there too, haven't you, big boy? Hey, and you get out there, and, and here's the thing. If you get some of this nectar, and you get to get in this bird cage with them, all right? You got this nectar in your hand. Immediately when you walk in, you are covered in birds, like everywhere. And they're all digging in your nectar. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. They're digging in your head and everything else, but they're digging in the nectar. But these birds, they've gotten so used to people that they trust them enough to fly down and get on their shoulders. And it reminded me of a story this lady was saying one time. She said there was a buddy of hers who was so good with birds, these birds would come down and light 
on his shoulders. He'd feed them every day. They'd come and lay, these, are, these are birds that were out in the wild, but they got so used to him, they would come and land on his shoulders and stuff, and he would feed them and such. And she wanted him to train it. He said, I don't know how to train you, but come on over, and we'll see if they can get used to you and everything. And never really could. And she said one time, she said, let me wear your hat and your scarf. So he takes off his hat and his scarf, and he gives it to her. And she puts it on, and she kind of stands over the side, and suddenly there's one bird, and then two or three, not all of them, but two or three came over and got on her shoulder and stuff. She was able to feed them. And she said this. She said, the birds trusted me because they could smell him. Do people trust you because you seem like Jesus? Do you, and just to, just to use the word smell like him, do you act like him? Do, you, do, you, it, it, do they say, I, I can trust that person because I know, I know they have integrity, and they have integrity because they know Jesus. And I mean, if Jesus just take off that royal, royal robe for a moment, and he puts on righteousness, our righteousness is his righteousness. He puts that on us. We take off the old garment, put on the new garment, and this new garment smells like Jesus, and thus people can trust us, praise God. Trust like you can be trusted. Trust like you can be trusted. Trust hard. Listen, I, you know why I trust God? I got some of this written down here. Do you know what? If you could, if you could just sit on a lightning bolt and go at 186,000 miles per hour, you'd be almost as fast as I drive on the freeway. Amen? So, but listen to me. If you could go 186,000 miles per, per second, per second, I'm sorry, per second, in just eight minutes, you'd fly past the sun. Hey, in five hours, you'd fly past Pluto. It would take you 300 million years to reach the edge of our galaxy, going at 186,000 miles per second. And then when you get to the edge of there, there's 100 billion other galaxies. And that's just his backyard. That's where he plays football, praise God. Just not to be irreverent, but that's his backyard. That's nothing to God. That's nothing to God. Trust like you can be trusted. The reason I can trust him is because he owns it all. It's all his. Hey, look here. Hope like you're hungry. I'm hurrying. Hope like you're hungry. I'm going to just, I'm going to make this short, okay? Let me make this point short. I got notes. I'll preach it some other time maybe, but have you ever been in a restaurant you come in hungry, <laughs> you, got that, you got that menu in your hand, and you order. And all of a sudden, some waitress comes by, and, the, and the, another plate goes, Shh. it's sizzling, and they walk right by you. And you're like, man, I should have ordered that, I should have ordered this. And I mean, look, 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 when it comes, when it comes that sizzling plate comes by. And you're like, man, you could follow it like, like some of those cartoon characters, just floating air and follow that, just follow that, follow that smoke and everything. You're just like, man, I got to have whatever's sizzling. You don't care if it's skunk. You just know it's sizzling. You just know it's sizzling, and you want a piece of that stuff right there. Hey, just the other night, just the other night, I had never seen this. Justin, Justin Morphus sends me a picture. Hey. I can't tell what it is. It looks like little pink shirts. It looks like little pink shirts. He's got a, it's meat. It's meat. And he's got, it looks like little pink shirts. <laughs> and he's got it all cut up on there. And I said, I'm trying to figure out what he's eating because you never know about them Cajuns. I mean, I know he's from Arkansas, but, but I just call him a Cajun. I said, you were meant to be from Louisiana. 
But anyway, he sent the stuff, and I said, what are you eating? He said, we're having some squirrel. They had chopped off the arms, and it looked like a little pink shirt. <laughs> hey, he sent them back. As long as he put the batter on it, it looked like somebody could eat. Amen. But let me tell you something. When God says in his word he can do what he can do, He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's going to be there. He'll, he, even in the bad and the good, even in the bad and the good, bad can happen, but I promise you that God's in control of that bad. He's helping you through these things. When he says, look, hope like you're hungry. Say, God, I am so hungry for you. Show me, what did David say? Show me your goodness in the land of the living. I believe I'll see your goodness in the land of the living. I don't want to have to wait till heaven. I want to see your goodness here on this side. And God says, oh, I can't wait to help my child. I'll bring it to you if that's what you're hoping for. If that's what you're hoping for, it says, while you're waiting, while you're waiting, I need for you to trust me. I need you to hope. I need you to do these things for me. I need you to be trusted. All right, here's the next thing. Last thing. Love like you're leaving. Faith is trust. It said, while you're waiting, you show you have faith said, while you're waiting, have hope that God can really do what he says he's going to do. But when God says love and charity, when he says that, he says love like you're leaving. Let me tell you what I mean. Just a couple of weeks ago, I called up Leo Caldwell. Hey, man, how are you? Got surgery coming up, right? I do. Nicest, one of the nicest guys I ever met. When I came here, nobody knew me. Nobody knew me. Not even Deacons didn't know me. They just hired me. They didn't know me. Came here seven years, but he treated me like I had been here a hundred years. Hey, preacher. Hey, Leo, how are you? Just a few days before he died, there were people stopping, neighbors stopping. He was cutting the grass. He loved to cut the grass. Cutting the grass one day in heaven the next. See, God doesn't tell you when you're going. You better love with everything you got while you got a chance. You see, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to leave this place. You're going to have to go and you say, oh, listen, I wish I had. Just think about this. What if, what if Leo had just a moment more? What if he just say some things? He'd already told everybody his hellos. He'd already told them his I love yous. He'd already told them how much he loved them. He'd already told his grandkids. He'd already, even, his, even the adopted grandkids, he was, all, he was so good to them. He loved them so much. He just loved them so much. He had had a chance. But here's the thing, folks. How many people out there don't know how you feel? Or they don't even know how Christians feel. Here's what we're going to do. If the deacons or, or whoever is going to help you, Chet, will come on forward and start, start trying their best. Some of these may go to the ceiling. We'll, we'll, we'll pop them with something, BB gun or something. But here's, here's, what, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm asking you to do, folks. And this is, this is the end. And I know Carter's going to come up here and play something for us. And, but here's what we're going to do. I told you I'd be short, but guys, I, 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 need, I want you to do this. I, if you'll just do this for me, it'll mean the world to me. And I mean for our deacons, too. I want you to take one of these balloons. Chet, did we get some pins? Okay. We're going to hand out a pen too. I want you to write a message on that paper. I don't know what all you've been through. I know what a lot of you have been through. But maybe you could say on it, 
I was once addicted, you can be free. Or maybe you'll say, I was once lonely, you can have a friend in Jesus. Or maybe you just want to give them encouragement and say, the Lord is with you. We love you. Don't put Mountain View. This ain't about, this ain't about Mountain View. We're not trying to advertise for Mountain View. You just put a message on there. You want to sign your name, you do it. But I'm just saying put a message. Just just put a message. And in just a minute, we're going to pray. And as we pray, hey, how how many of you think deacons walking around with balloons is a cool thing? I love it. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you. Here's what I want you to do, guys. If there's some left over, you can come up in a minute and write some more. When you leave here tonight, when you leave here tonight, I want you to let it go. Here's what I believe. I believe out of a couple of hundred balloons, I believe out of a couple of hundred balloons, the 10 or 12 of them are going to end up in somebody's yard and they're going to need that message. So you just take one of those balloons and you start writing. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.